this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two. Uh, moreover, it is required. Somebody say it's required. It's required in stewards that one be found faithful. Here it is. That is the that is the scripture for the next few weeks. Here that stewards are are is somebody that's managing somebody else's goods. Okay, somebody that is managing. So every last one of us, we're stewards of the verse before this says we're stewards of the mysteries of God. Um, everything you have, your, your talent, your finances, your job, your children, you are stewards of, the, of your children. They, they are not yours. They're, they're a gift from God. They're a blessing from the Lord, but they are something we're stewarding. Here we go. I'm going to give you some of my notes here as we jump into this. Stewardship is given an account to God of the use of our time and resources. If you're taking notes, this is stewardship. I'm going to just give you a definition before we really dive into some of this. But stewardship is giving an account to God of the use of our time and resources. We will give an account to God. Here it is. Here's another quote here. Life is an opportunity. Can I get a witness? All right. Life isn't a prison sentence. It is an opportunity. Aren't you thankful that God actually chose you to be alive? Everybody take a deep breath. Oh, doesn't it feel good to be alive? All right. Uh, I'm not saying we don't have bad days, but 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 life is an opportunity. You are a steward of life that God saw something in you enough to bring you here to this earth. Life is an opportunity. It's temporary and we're accountable. Amen. Life is an opportunity. It's temporary. Can I get a witness? It is temporary. Life is temporary. It's not forever. Eternal life is, but I'm talking about life in the earth. Life is an opportunity. It's temporary, and we're accountable. Uh, what we, what we, here's, another, here's a quote here. What we do not use, we ultimately lose. Talking about stewardship. If you don't use it, you may eventually lose it. All right? When, when the talents were given, I'm going to go into this in a couple other, the weeks coming, uh, the parable of the talents, that when they didn't use it or multiply it, all right, they, they, it got taken from them. The, the root word for, this is interesting, the root word for miserable is miser, right? So um, selfish people are the most miserable people. All right, Pastor Sean, are you saying I'm selfish because I feel miserable? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the root word for miserable is miser. How many of you ever just notice you feel better when you give? And I'm just talking about your time. I'm not talking about um, giving money to the church right now. I'm, we're going to talk about time today, okay? I'm not. I'm talking about our life. That 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 the, the literal word miserable comes from the word miser, or or selfish, okay? We're talking about stewardship, all right? The root word for miserable is miser. Here's a here's another thought. You know, um, you know, the greatest use of life is to spend it on something that will outlast it. You know, the Bible says, store up your treasures in heaven. So the greatest use of our natural life is to live it for an eternal one. 
the greatest use of our natural resources, whatever that might be, is to spend it on something that will outlast this natural world. All right? Uh, so let's go here. Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to get into our points. This, we're just going to hang out in this verse right here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. And I'm going to teach you something in the beginning of the series. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 17. I'm going to read it one more time. And we're just going to hang out in this verse here this, this morning. See then that you walk circumspectly. All right, we're going to go into what that means. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Everybody say redeeming the time. Look at the person next to you and say, you can redeem time. So redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of you believe that there is some crazy stuff happening out in this world? But we can redeem the time because the days are evil. Here it is. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Somebody say stewardship. Say this with me. Say, I'm a steward. Say, I am managing God's goods. I don't own them. I manage them. I'm a steward in God's house. Here we go. Let's, let's dive into this. See then that you walk circumspectly. Look at your neighbor and say, walk circumspectly. <laughs> okay. This is what it means. Word circumspect. Uh, when it comes to stewardship, we're talking about time today. We're talking about time, that we are stewards of time. The time God has given us, we are stewards. And it says, talks about redeeming the time, but it says that we must walk circumspectly. Um, in, in time, we are accountable for how we spend our time. God has given us time, but we're accountable with how we spend it. We're accountable for what we, with what we do with it. Time is a resource. Time is something given to us. Time is not something we can change. You know, we, we don't have authority over time. Time is something God put us in a, a place that scientists call time-space continuum. God have placed us here in time, and we're accountable for what we do in it. And it says that we, in time, the Bible says we must walk circumspectly in time. We are accountable for our time. And this word time, it comes from the Greek word acrobus. It's where you get the word acrobat. Okay, and this is what it means. It means high point or extreme. It means highly accurate, extremely accurate, very exact at the point. And so when it says walk circumspectly, it's, it's two things. It means when we walk circumspectly, it means accurate. Have you ever heard the term like if you see somebody and you're like, man, they're on point. Yeah, they're on point. Look at your neighbor and say, you're on point today. All right, wives, have you ever seen your husband just do something for you? They, 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 they cleaned something up. They, they did something, and the wife looked at the husband and said, man, this, this man is on point today. My wife says it to me all the time. She's like, man, that brother is on point. Look at, look at your neighbor and tell him, say, I'm on point. Look at, look at somebody. Look at, look at somebody and say, man, your sneakers are on point. Well, I ain't got no sneakers on. I got boots on. All right? All right? Yeah, say, say, I'm on point. All right? All right? So that's what it means. It means down to the point, very accurate. So when we're talking about our spiritual life, 
That in time, I'm here to tell you right now, you don't have to fumble through life. Your walk doesn't need to be, it doesn't have to be all over the place, but you can be on point. You can be on point. Walk circumspectly. It speaks of, you know, like an acrobat. That's where you get the word acrobat, is that because they have to walk on a rope. How many know you have to be exact to do this on a tight rope, right? That circumspectly, careful on point, straight, you know, you know, uh, accurate that you can. And here's the thing. You can walk at a high place in God. But if you want to walk on a high place, you got to be on point. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know there's things in our life where like, man, that thing can knock me off of this rope. Come on. Anybody have a past, anything, a little something, a little questionable thing from your past? You say, ooh, if I were to go back on that, I would definitely fall up off this rope. All right, am I the only one? Am I the only one that's like, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. You know, the Bible says, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I'm not saying that we live in fear of falling. No, but, but, but we got to walk. We got to be on point. All right, look at your neighbor. Come on, we're going to speak life over one another. Tell them right now. Say, you're on point today. All right, that's what it means. It says, you know, when it comes to stewardship of time, we're going to talk about this, that you um, have to walk on, you have to be on point. This is what it means. It refers, this word circumspectly, acrobus, acrobai. It means gaining exact information with the highest level of accuracy, exactness. What does this mean, God, that our walk with you needs to be exact and is, and, 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 and is acquired by probing investigation to provide a comprehensive, circumspect, precise view and strict adherence to the truth. That's a lot of words, huh? It's made me sound real smart. I just read it off my notes. But I'm here to tell you right now, when it comes to stewarding time, people of God, that you can do this thing. You can walk the tightrope of walking with God at a high place. That you don't have to live in the mire and the mud. You can come up here to a place. The Bible says that God dwells on a high and lofty hill. Like we can walk, we can, you know, anytime he spoke to the prophets, he's like, come on up here. When you talk, you talked him up on a mountain. Abraham, Abraham sat with, went to sacrifice Isaac on a mountain. Jesus was crucified on Golgotha's hill. There's something about walking with God that God wants to take us higher. Not that we can pridefully look down at people, but God wants you on what we call the highway of holiness. God, you can do this in his grace. You can live at a high place. Why? God wants you at a high place because that's where his mind is. It's above this world. It's above the ways of the world. It's above the flesh and the demonic realm that we can live in a place with God that is above those things. The devil's under our feet. He wants us to live up above this stuff. He wants us to live in a place of victory, a place of triumph. He wants to call us higher. The Bible says when it comes to time and stewardship, saying walk at a high place with accuracy. All right, this is too much for some of y'all, huh? But you're here on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. You want this stuff, don't you? So look at your neighbor and say, man, I really want this. I really love this word right here. This word is awesome. Come on, tell somebody. Tell somebody, talk to them. No, nobody's saying anything. Okay, making me sweat through this. All right, if we want to go high in God, we got to be on point. We want to be high in God, we got to be on point. I say, if we want to go high in God, we got to be on point. 
And by his grace, you can be on point because God is on point and he's inside of you. His word is on point. His Holy Spirit is on point. It's, it's, it's exact. It's precise. You know, God uh, wants, to, wants to empower you to do things. If you're at a high level, everything you touch us will be at a high level. If you walk at a high level, the way you work is at a high level. That you ain't showing up late like everybody else. Yeah. Hallelujah. That, 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 you're, that you're walking at a place that is different. God wants you different. God wants you different. Not that this isn't about exalting ourselves. It's about God lifting us up to a place of influence so we can humbly serve people from that place. It's amazing. Let God elevate you. Then, 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 you, then you get down and serve people from that realm. Come on. Now, the Bible says the greatest shall serve. That there is greatness in being the servant. So if we want to go high in God, we got to be on point. Being on point, here it is, isn't perfection. It's really the word by definition. It means it's a diligent pursuit to live authentically for God. Like I'm pursuing this thing. I haven't arrived. I haven't got it all together. But, but being on point is a pursuit, not perfection. It is a pursuit. You can do this. Look at your neighbor and tell him you can do this. All right. It means to inquire diligently. That's what it means. All right? Here we go. So my first point. My first point is this. Here we go. If you want to be a good steward of time, you got to do this. you got to walk right, talk right, and live right. All right? I know that's not popular today. You don't find that in most churches nowadays. But I'm going to say it anyway because it's the truth and it's God's standard character matters. This isn't perfection. This is pursuit that you can walk right. You, why? Because you want to help people that aren't. Come on now. God wants to anoint you to help people that don't know how to walk. I said God wants to help you, wants to, you to help people that know how to talk. God wants to, to empower you to help people that know how to live this thing right. Come on, we're going to live right, not because we're, oh, I'm this and that. No, I'm going I'm to do this thing for God. I'm going to narrow this thing down to the exactness of what he's called me to do. And I want to do this at the highest level so I can help people. I can bring people out. I mean, I want to bring people out of the mire. I've been in some mess. I want to bring people out of the mess. I want to walk circumspectly so I can help people. If I'm down here in the mire with somebody and in their mess and involved in their gossip and mess, I can't help them. But, 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 if, but, if, but if I come up out of that, God, you know, I'm not up here to, to condemn you. I'm up here to help you. Amen. I'm up here to pull you up out of that stuff. God brought me up out of abuse, out of being abused as a child, out of drugs, out of drugs and alcohol. He brought me up out of some stuff so I could help some people out of that stuff. Come on now. All right. Walk, walk right. Come on. Say this. Let me say walk right. Talk right. Live right. Come on. You got to live right. You want to you want to you want to you want to be in that place with God. We got to live right. When it comes to stewardship, character matters. Time. Walk circumspectly. It's about it's the Bible. It's what the Bible says. It says walk circumspectly. Walk at an elevated place in God with exactness. Let that be your goal. Amen? Let that be your goal. Here we go. One more time. Say it with me. Say walk right. Talk right. Live right. Right? Like that old song, you got to straighten up so you can fly right. Nobody knows that song. here. Anybody knows that song? Come on, you got to YouTube it on your way home. Oh, this is a song Pastor Sean was talking about. Straighten up and fly right, okay? Here we go. Here's my next point here. Here it is. How, how we steward our time, okay? Um, oh, yeah. No, no, that's the last point. 
Oh, man, you just gave it away. It's messed up. Just kidding. I'm joking. I'm messing with you. All right. How we steward. Oh, there it was. There it went. How we steward our time is, is how we're actually stewarding our life. All right? Our lives. How we steward our time is how we're actually stewarding our lives. Life is time. Time is life. Good stewardship of time is in its most basic application, stewardship of our life. The measure of a great life isn't its length, but its depth. All right? The measure of a great life isn't its length, but its depth. It's not so much about the much time we have, but what we do with the time given to us. We're stewards of time. The length of our days is God's job. Somebody say amen. The depth of our days is our job. I'm going to say it again. The length of our days is God's job. The depth of our days is our responsibility. All right? Redeeming the time. In the, in the scripture, Ephesians 5, it says redeeming the time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. All right? Once again, I'm going to read my first two points. You've got to walk right, talk right, live right. Let that be your goal. This isn't a thing that, oh, Pastor John, I'm working on this thing. We all are working on things. Like I said before, this isn't arriving to perfection. This is pursuit of, authentic, of an authentic life for God. Anybody out there, you want to live the real deal life for God. Come on, raise your hand. I mean, I want to do this thing. I'm not perfect. My wife will tell you I'm not perfect, right? If, if, if she wasn't in my life, I'd be so much worse than I am. So if you think of anything great of me, just think my wife. <laughs> people that know my wife and me said amen real loud there walk right talk right live right how we steward our time is how we're actually stewarding our lives all right all right here we go redeeming this is what it means if you're taking notes i got a lot of notes here i hope you, there's some note takers in here all right redeeming redeeming the time all right means this it means take full advantage of to take full advantage of, making the most of the present opportunity. All right, here's my third point. Seize divine opportunities in God moments. You gotta seize divine opportunities in God moments. When it comes to time, God isn't just out there floating somewhere. He's involved in your life and he will create divine opportunities in God moments. We can redeem the time. We can take full advantage. And this word time is not the word uh, chronos, which is natural time. This is the word Kairos. Somebody say Kairos. It's spelled K-A-R-I-O-S. Kairos. It means opportune time, the suitable time, the right moment, a favorable moment. Really, Kairos, when it says redeem the time, means take opportunity of divine moments. That there are divine moments in our life. I'm here to tell you right now, you're going to have some divine moments, some God moments, some divine opportunities, a window. The, you know, if, you know, Apostle Paul said an effectual door was open. What's he talking about? A divine moment. What about Esther? You know, uh, I was called to the kingdom for such a time. Somebody say divine opportunity. All right, a God moment. We all have them. We, it might not feel, some of you are like probably looking at me going, Pastor John, I ain't had one of those in a long time. Right? I'm just being faithful. That's beautiful. That's awesome because I'm here to tell you right now, when you're faithful with Kronos time, your natural time, God will give you divine times in that. Come on. You be faithful with what you know how to do and let God be control of the Kairos and watch you just walk and step right into it. All right? So you got to seize the divine opportunities in God moments. I believe that you're going to have divine opportunities in God moments this year. 
this new year. I believe you're going to have divine opportunities and God moments, but you got to steward that time well. you got to be faithful with the Kronos time and allow God to open up the Kairos time. All right, you got to be faithful to put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes your faithfulness is getting up and going to work with a smile on Monday. Somebody say faithfulness. Somebody say showing up to serve on your team. Somebody say faithfulness. Come on, loving your spouse. Somebody say faithfulness. Be faithful. You got to walk right if you want the right moment. All right, we got to walk right if we want the right moment. That's what that word kairos means, right moment. That's why I say you got is something about your faithfulness to God behind closed doors that God sees it. People may not see it, but God sees it. When you, when, you, when, when you do what's right, when you're serving and loving people, when you're, when you're seeking him, when you're praying privately, God sees it. you got to trust him that when you're faithful with that, God's going to open the door for you. All right? Here it is. Here's some examples of God moments. Anybody, um, when I said God moments, divine opportunities, uh, raise your hand if something jumped out of you. Ooh, I've had one of those. or the, uh, An actual example. Yeah, God moment. Awesome. God moment. Like when my wife met me, that was her God moment. That was her divine opportunity. She almost missed it, guys. She almost missed it. But thank God she had a person in her life that said, you give this little white boy a chance. He's a good man. And look at this. We're three babies in. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. That's right. Come on. Give God praise for that. Somebody. Come on. Celebrate my divine God moment. All right. I think it's the other way around. Really, she was my, uh, for real though, she was my God moment. She helped me out and is helping me out. But here we go. Here's an example of God moments. Just so, uh, I just want to share some of these. We're almost done. You guys all right? You guys okay with getting in the word here? Awesome. God moments. When God nudges on you to forgive a person that hurt you. Somebody say God moment. Come on now. Somebody say God moment. All right. When God speaks to you to bless somebody, as small as it may be, somebody say God moment. How many of you, when you're just going about your day and somebody comes into your heart out of nowhere, you're like, why am I thinking about that person? And you're like, I don't know why I was thinking about you, but somebody say God moment. Come on now. Some of y'all are like, you're so in, you're more in tune with God than you realize. You just think it's you, your emotions. Oh, I just had like this. I wonder, hmm, how are you doing? Anybody ever, somebody, God dropped somebody in your heart and you text them like, hey, what's up? Somebody dropped some people on our team in my heart. And I caught, said, hey, can I, I just want to call and just see how you die, something on my heart. And it wasn't anything like um, horribly, it wasn't bad. It's just like, man, y'all good? Somebody say God moment. You got, you got to realize you are more in tune with the spirit of God than you realize. Sometimes you over-spiritualize it. Sometimes it's just like, oh, man, what's, what's up with so-and-so? You know, what's up with that person? I'm going to text them. I'm going I'm to say, I'm going to bless them. Here's another one um, that um, sometimes divine moments. The, this can be a discipline. It is a discipline. But sometimes, how many of you know, God will move on you to pray at a time you wouldn't normally pray. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has God ever messed up your lunch, your dessert? He's like, no, don't eat that cake. Come pray. I'm like, that can't be God right now. Not Thanksgiving, right? 
Somebody say God moment. God, sometimes God will just give you a nudge. You know, sometimes it's a still small voice. Somebody say God moment. There was a time I had a moment like this. I was about to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's in the kitchen. About to make my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Anybody like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Hallelujah. Right? And literally God moved on me to pray in that moment. And I literally just said, all right, I'm going to go pray. And, I, and it was painful. It was painful to leave my peanut butter and jelly sandwich on. And anybody know what I'm talking about? And I go and pray, and I, I go in my bathroom, and that's where I was praying. I was single at the time in Bible college and whatever. That was my prayer closet, right, the bathroom. But anyway, uh, too much information. But I was in there praying, and I, I, said, I did the thing. And I was like, man, I'm hungry. I went and ate. And then God said, go back and pray. And now I'm like, I want my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I was like, Father, in the name of Jesus, just, and God just touched me right there. I was weeping and crying in the presence. He just touched me, moved on me. And I'm like, that was a God moment. I could have sacrificed that God moment for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then after God touched me, moved, it was just such a powerful moment. And I almost missed it. I went and religiously did it, but God's like, no, you didn't. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody say God moment. Somebody say steward of time. We're stewards of time. And this isn't always going to happen, but I'm just saying there are God moments. Redeeming the time, the kairos, the God moment, the divine opportunity. You're going to have them. They're before you. They're going to happen. God's going to move on you. And there's something so powerful that happens in those simple little moments. And then after I had that moment, guess what I did? I went in the kitchen. And ate my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He still let me eat this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. See, God, look at your neighbor and say, God's good. Okay, so you got to seize divine opportunities in God moments. All right? Here's another one. How about this? Stepping out and connecting with new people that may be the key to your next level in God. Somebody say God moment. All the introverts said, mm-mm, not me. That's going to take time. Somebody say amen. All the introverts said amen. amen. That, okay, well, yeah, my wife is an introvert, if you were wondering. But God, there's divine moments. There's divine relationships. There are connect. I mean, every part of my walk with God has been the result of God, a relationship with somebody. And, and, and it's my pursuit of God, but it's relationship that there are people that God's going to nudge you on to reach out to, to connect with, kind of outside your comfort zone a little bit. God does it all the time. He did it all throughout the scripture. He connected um, a Jewish man named Peter to an Italian named Cornelius, and a move of God ensued. Somebody say divine moment. Right? God's going to move on you to connect with people that are nothing like you, and they are a key to a divine moment. They are a key to your next level in God, and they aren't going to look and act like you think they should and how they think they should just fit in with your personality and everything else. God wants to rub you up against some people that are so different than you so you can get to the Christ in them, not to the flesh of who they are. Come on now. All right. You guys aren't going to shout in here. That's all right. I understand. It's Thanksgiving weekend. So, and here's another one, step out, step out and, 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 and uh, commit to go through the four sessions of growth track and start serving on the dream team. Somebody say amen. All right, if you aren't serving on the dream team, this isn't a high pressure thing, but it is a low pressure thing. No, uh, I'm just kidding. 
I'm just kidding, but you know, there, there's a time for that. I know, you know, when people kind of join a church and be a part of a community, my heart is that everybody serves somebody somewhere because we need to sit. And it was beautiful. One of our um, vocalists on our worship team was able to come today and sit. I'm not going to point the person out. I don't want you to know. You know, it's private. No, I'm just kidding. But that's a beautiful thing that we can have a rhythm of life in our team as we're growing as a community where people can sit and serve. We need to do both. But, but, but God's going to nudge. God nudges on people at a certain point and say, man, I need, to, I need to jump in here. I need to, I need to serve somebody somewhere. you got to know God's timing and respond to that because you're gifted, you're talented, as Venetia said, in, in the welcome, and God wants to use what you got. This is about stewardship time talent and treasure all right look at your neighbor and tell them say i'm a good steward all right all right god moments all right you guys got an idea of god moments redeeming the time because the days are evil isn't that something that our days in the earth are evil the bible says do you agree with that but here we are Save, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost believers in an evil day. And we can bring redemption to this day when we personally redeem the time in our life. When we seize God moments, we can change. We can change what's happening. Somebody say stewards. Right? Stewards redeem time in a day that is evil. It, the days might be evil, but our life does not have to be. The days might be doubtful and selfish and self-consumed and prideful and all about this and that, but we can be in time living in this world and not of it and actually bringing redemption and hope to, to existence out there. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, we're almost done. Here's the second part. Let's go back to uh, Ephesians here. We're, we're, we're walking through this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Here's the last part of the verse, and then I'm going to close here. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. But understand, I'm going to break these down, and then I'm going to give you my last point here. This is the last verse. I'll, I'll read it again. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand. Let's talk about stewardship. Talking about stewardship. It's a kind of a growing up. It's kind of a grow, This is grace for grown folks right here. All right? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm grown. Therefore, do not be unwise. All right? Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'm going to say it again. This is for you. You can do this. Every last person in this room, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Okay? I'm going to do this. We're going to do this. Therefore, do not be unwise. And before that says, don't be fool, but be wise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. You can understand the will of God. You, you can understand and live out that I am in the will of God, redeeming the time. You can live in the will of God. You can walk the will of God. You can change this world. You can change your world by living in the will of God. You can redeem time. You can do this. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That word understand means to learn and to live. It means discerning and doing. 
the perfect will of God. Or the Bible, you know, this definition of understand, really, it, it's both. It means to learn, to pursue, and to, and to do it, to learn and live it. You can understand. Understanding just isn't understanding mentally, intellectually. Understanding means I learn it and I live it. Look at your neighbor and say, learn and live it. It says discerning, discerning and doing. Look at your neighbor and say, discern it and do it. Here, let's say it again. Say this with me. Say, I'm going to learn this thing, and I'm going to live this thing. I'm going to discern, and I'm going to do. I'm going to understand it. You can understand the will of God. Here we go. Will. This is what the word will means. Will. The will of God. It means it's God's desire. Often referring to God's preferred will. This is what it means. This is what the will of God means. It means God's best offer. God, God ha- that, 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 that is what God has for you, is his will, his plan, his blueprint. Your steps are ordered, that he is good. He wants to bless everything you put your hands to. He wants your, you blessed, your mind blessed, your emotions blessed, your will blessed, your body blessed, your children blessed, your house blessed, your wife blessed. He wants his hand on it, his presence on it. He's good, good father. That's who he is, and that's his will. His will is his word. His word is his will. You can understand. You can discern and do the will of God. You can learn what the will of God is, and you can live in the will of God by his grace. I'm here to tell you right now, you don't have to live outside the will of God. I'm here to tell you right now, many of you, you are smack dab in the will of God for your life. You're right where he wants you, and the devil wants you to doubt it and think, oh, I don't know if I'm in his will. No, the devil is a liar you're in the will of God you're walking with God you're reading your word you're praying you're pursuing him you're on that journey with him it doesn't always feel good but I'm here to prophesy and speak life that you're in the will of God it's God's best offer here's my last point when we accept God's best offer we'll live the best life there is no other life but the will of God. I mean, there is nothing else that will satisfy. I mean, and all these other things, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. It's not about the things. God will bless you with things. I mean, that's a part of life. Things are a part of life. Things aren't bad. Things aren't evil. But when they become the main thing, they are bad that it is it's an idol but but God wants you in his will and allow him to bless you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you when we accept God's best offer which is his will we'll live the best life here it is good stewardship starts this is this is stewardship of time Good stewardship starts when we desire God's will above all else. That we say, God, isn't that an awesome prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? The Bible says he was sweating drops of blood. And he said, you know, let this cup pass from me. Man, I, I'm about to go to this cross. Can I avoid this? And he said, nevertheless, not my will. Not my best offer, Father. 
but your best offer. Not my will, but your will be done. The, the model prayer, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will, your will, your plan be done. I don't want personally, I don't want anything else other than the will of God. I have temptations and feelings and there are times where I feel like I'm in my garden of Gethsemane and I'm like, Lord, can this? And he's like, no, it can't. <laughs> Anybody ever had that kind of conversation with God? You're like, God, can, can I just skirt? Or, and he's like, no, you can't. I'm here with you. It's the best. It's my best offer, Sean. And it is the best life to live. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.